we good morning. I don't know what it's to say. Yeah, yeah, good morning. Good to see you guys. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Especially if this happens to be your very first time here. We're super glad that you've chosen to be here and worship today. You know, we we uh we have a real purpose and it's not uh something that we conjured up on our own. We the reason we exist as a church, the reason we're here, the reason you see the people waving at you as you drive onto the campus and helping you park and greeting you as you come in the door and you get the goodness in the in the lobby there and and the greeters in here and hopefully our amazing band and just the beautiful people around you is this all of that encompasses this just one idea and it's this is that we believe that there is a, a God who loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you through Christ Jesus and so that's that's why we're here that's why we're doing what we're doing and, and I hope that you sense that today I hope that you sense that through already through our time of worship and and through the message as we look at God's word together this morning and we're just really glad that you're here first timers regular all the time people partners in ministry we're just glad that you're here. My name is Shannon Patterson, and I get to be the, the lead pastor here, and it's an, an honor to be in, in ministry. I want to say this before I jump in the message this morning. Um, uh, there is a, and I noticed it, and I mentioned this at 9.30, but uh, normally our first several rows are packed out with uh, students. Um, and, and I knew that we would have a few openings today for a very good reason. And that is, uh, there is this campground north of us in the Race City area called Camp Tiger. You may have heard of it, been out there before. But they are having right now what's called the Chrysalis Weekend. It's a, it's a great 72-hour weekend of, of just this real just spiritual journey of, of people to, to deepen their faith and, and grow in Christ. And this weekend, it is the high school girls' uh, version of, of this Chrysalis Weekend. And um, I got to spend a little bit of time out there, and, and I was out there yesterday, and I just saw just so many. And, and I, just to give you an idea, of the four, there's 42 slots open to go on a Christmas weekend, to, to be a high school age uh, student and go on the weekend. And of the, the 42 available spots, 21 of the young women out there this weekend are connected to our church through our student ministry and that just blows my mind I just think that's amazing I, I think that is a, a testament to uh, the, the ministry that Justin and Allison and, and a lot of our college students who are pouring in and, and our parents um, the testament to the way in which uh, you all together corporately are pouring into these kids because they just want to grow on their journey of faith. And I am excited to see the fruit of, of a weekend like this. I'm excited to see how these girls are going to come back to school and to all the things that they do in our community and the ways they're involved and how they're going to be a, a even more spiritually mature presence in that. It, it's just going to be phenomenal. And not only are like half of the girls that are available to go are, are from our church, but there's like 15 or 20 of our of our partners in ministry, adults and, and students who've already been before who are out there serving this weekend and are giving up their three days and, and, and they're out there serving and it's just amazing. And I'm looking forward to this coming weekend. It's going to be the guys' uh, college and high school weekend and, and we've got a lot there too. So um, if you think about it, pray for these young women and for those serving because like I said, 
I'm just, who knows how God's going to use what he's done in the lives of these, these young women and, and, and what this means. And like, and I don't just mean like for this, you know, this coming week or even like this coming school year, but like, like what is God planting in these young women right now and what that's going to look like like decades from now, right? Like generationally, like pouring into their kids and their children's children, like it's big the way God works, and and so pray for this. And and um, if you want to know more, there's there's the chrysalis is like the high school college uh, version of this weekend, and then there's an adult uh, version of this weekend called Emmaus. And if, if you want to know more, raise your hand if you've been on a walk to Emmaus. Did you just put your hand up? So there's some folks around you. Leave your hand up a little bit just for one more second. They, those folks with the arm up, they can tell you more about this weekend if you want to know more my hands up too so but um but thank you all for doing that um so I just wanted to tell you that because I just I think that's amazing to see that going on and see how God's working so so we are in uh the third week of this series called the best year ever and as I was I try to work several weeks out on on the message and as I started working on this one a few weeks ago I kind of scratched my head and thought you know this probably should have been the first message of the series but um just because you'll see in a minute why but but I bet we're it's week three so let's just roll with it right so we'll just take what we get and um here's the three places in scripture we're going to be this morning I like to give you these up front so you can turn there in your Bibles three spots we're going to be in uh the first one we're going to look at is in Romans chapter 12 Romans 12 and if you don't have your Bibles it's fine it'll be on the screen in a minute but I also like to let you know so you can go and look it up later but have you noticed I purposely don't tell you the verses until we get there Uh uh-huh I do this on purpose yeah so Romans 12 and then after we look at Romans 12 we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1 so both of those are in our New Testament and then after so Romans 12 Philippians 1 then we're going to look at a passage in Jeremiah chapter 32 okay so you'll go back to the left in your Bible so best year ever it's a very bold statement to make Um, and and we've been talking about this now for a couple of weeks today what I want to do is I want to focus in on why this can be the best year ever of your life why 2020 could be the best year you've had so far in your life why why and and the reason I want to do this is because we can say it's possible or here's how you know but but if you're like me I'm a I'm a why person I need to know why can this be the best year ever why are we talking about this in church like what does this have to do with me and God and and the whole big picture of it all why so I want to offer you a couple of reasons why why I think this can be the best year ever and actually that's a false statement I just made I want to offer you three reasons I find in scripture that show that this could be the best year ever not just how I think so the first one is this the first reason why I think this could be the best year ever is simply because we have God's definition for the word best. We have God's definition for best. The reason this can be the best year ever is because we have been given the definition for what best means. And why is that important? Well, because we all come up with our own definition for best. We all have our own criteria about what makes something best, okay? Just as an example, I need your help here by applause. 
best ice cream. All right, mint chocolate chip. Anybody, by applause. Okay. Chocolate. Yeah, let's go. Woo! All right. All right, here's where we really get spicy. Vanilla. Mm -hmm. Because you can add just a whole lot of things. So, and we can go on. Some of you are going, well, you haven't gotten to my best, the best ice cream yet. Pistachio. See, that's weird. I don't know, but go. Bless you. See, we all have our criteria for best, right? Best coffee, uh, Starbucks. Just love. I had a feeling. Like half of them are employed by that place, you know. Someone said McDonald's has good coffee. So you're like, no, no, they don't. I don't drink coffee, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know that, right? Some, all right, best coffee, your own brew that you make at home. Mm, all right. People are like, no, I'm too lazy, but no, I don't. Best sweet tea, the best sweet tea. Is it, is it Zacadoos? Or uh, could it be, does Chick-fil-A have good sweet tea? Something? How about your grandma's? That's always good, right? See, we have our criteria for what is best, right? Some of you are going, the best sweet tea is like the kind that you drink it and you immediately get like seven cavities. And you know your dentist is not pleased. Like, we have our criteria on our own for what we consider to be best. Well, here's why 2020 can be the best year ever is let's throw away our criteria, our definition for best, and let's have God's definition for best. Let's, let's come to an agreement on, on what this means. So what is it? Well, let's use Romans chapter 12, verse 2 as our definition, as the criteria for what God's best is going to be. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, may, yeah, this is, I would maybe like for 2020 to be the best year ever. We'll start here at Romans 12 too. Don't use your criteria for it because how's that worked for us, right? How's that worked for us? Some of us, it's a, well, it wasn't too bad, but then the next year it was kind of bad. See, it changes, but God doesn't. Romans 12, 2, this is what Paul is writing to, to, the, to the, the church, and he's saying this, and it starts hard. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. See, that's when we have, we let someone else even tell us what best is sometimes, right? We take someone else's uh, opinion or what's just become the norm and go, okay, this must be best, but it says here in scripture, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, okay? Like your definition of best is let's, 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 let's transform this. Let's, let's, let's get out of this, this, uh, this rut we've been in of, of defining what best is. And it says this, so then you will be able. So right, don't conform, have your mind renewed. And then it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. What's God's definition for best? Well, what God's uh, will is this. It is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What is God's definition of best for you in 2020? It is his good, pleasing, and perfect will in your life. That should be our agreed upon definition for God's best, God's perfect ways. 
What, what does God want? What does God think about this? What is God's standard for this? Let's get rid of our definition of best and say, okay, here is God's standard. So, so when we talk about having the best year ever, let's agree that we're referring to God's good, pleasing, and perfect way. I mean, my definition of best is always going to pale in comparison to God's. It, I, it, there's just no way, shape, or form that I could ever come up with a better definition for best than what God gives to us. Your definition is never going to be... You could, you could craft a, a wonderful you know, mission statement, like we talked about that a few weeks ago. You could craft this great mission statement for 2020, but if it does not have God's perfect God's, God's perfect, his good, his pleasing will in that, then it, it's not really worth a lot. It's not going to be best. And so what I would say is that by allowing you know, God to give us, and, and he does here in Scripture, by God giving us his definition of best, what we're doing is, is we're doing what Romans 12, 2 says. What we're doing is we are, we are aligning our will with God's. Okay, God, here was my definition of best, but here's yours, and and I want your definition, so now I need to align myself with your will. I need to align myself with what you say is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so there needs to be a change. There needs to be a a transformation that occurs there. And here's what I do, and and maybe you do this sometimes as well. Instead of me trying to uh, look at God's word and and go, okay, God, this this is what your best is, and I need to align, you know what I tend to do? Is I tend to force God's will to fit into my own. And that's just not gonna. That's just not gonna happen. It's not gonna work. It's it's that's not gonna go anywhere. No, God, this is the definition for best. I just know it. I feel it. This is what I think is the very best direction, the very best thing that could be going on in my life. God, bless this, please. God, work this out, please. And, and it's 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 a futile thing. And so. The first reason why 2020 could be the best year ever in your life is for you to start with having God's definition for best, applying God's definition for best, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, as Romans 12.2 tells us. Now, the second reason that, that this could be the best year ever, and to me this is the very best news, it's extremely good news, and, and I will go so far as to say, I believe some of you are here today to hear this exact point, this exact reason. The reason 2020 could be the best year ever in your life is, is because of this truth. God is not done with you. God's not done with you. It started when he, well, with creation, when he breathed into the creation of man, when he started this, this, this world that we live in. And it came to this beautiful like culmination of his love for us in Jesus Christ. I mean, he gave Jesus as a sacrifice for you and for me. We are imperfect people. We mess up. We make mistakes. In the middle of making mistakes, we know we're making mistakes, and we continue to make mistakes. 
This is what we do apart from God. And he gave Jesus to come in and say, I'm going to, I'm going to present my perfection to all humankind. And if you would align yourself with me, if you would believe in me, if you would surrender to me, then you get to live in this relationship with God where suddenly you're no longer viewed as imperfect, but you're viewed as, as, as Jesus is viewed as, as a perfect creation. And our sins are forgiven. And, and so this, this is why I mean God's not done with you because he sent Jesus. Why in the world would God put Jesus onto the scene? Why would God come in the form of a man and walk the earth and walk amongst us if he was then just gonna say, you know what, I'm kind of done with this. I'm kind of done with you. No, no, God's not done with you. You woke up this morning. You're breathing today, okay? God's not done with you. Are you just taking up space? Like, what's your point? God's not done with you. And some of you need to hear that today because you might think that God is done with you or you think that God wants nothing to do with you. And see, once we surrender to the truth of Jesus and we tell God, God, I believe, I believe you have sent Jesus, I accept this, God starts this wonderful work in us called sanctification. And it's this you know, fancy word, this fancy theological word that, that basically means that we are God's work in progress and we are now conforming to the image of Christ. That we now are viewed as, as sons and daughters and we can conform to the, to, to the image of Jesus Christ. So all, and although we know Jesus, this process of sanctification, folks, it is a lifelong journey. That's why you hear me say the journey of faith. I say it a lot because this is what we're on. We're on this journey of sanctification, of conforming to the image of Christ. And here's the good news. God never leaves his work unfinished. He doesn't do it. He doesn't, he doesn't do this. He doesn't walk away from us. And in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, we find Paul writing. He's encouraging the church again. He wants them to embrace this. And he says this, and I love how he starts. It's so firm. He says, I am certain. I am certain that God who began the good work within you. Okay, that's through Jesus, okay? Not because you were so awesome. <laughs> it's because of Jesus. That God who began the good work within you, he will continue his work until it is finally finished. When? When you finally memorize the Bible, right? No, when you finally, you know, quit thinking about yourself. When you, no, no, no. It, it really, we're on this journey of faith. When does this continue? The work continues until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. See, sanctification is a journey of faith. Listen to this. That might, to some of you think, oh gosh, that's a really long time. God's not done with you. God's not done with you. And, and there's a chance that he might need some time for some of us. He might need a little more time. God's not done with you. Why could this be the best year ever? He's not done with you. And I believe this is really good news for, for many of you right now. Maybe you feel like God has forgotten you. 
Like maybe God has just put a carrot out there and is dangling it in front of you saying, you can keep trying if you want. That's not how God works. He hasn't forgotten you. Maybe you think that you don't deserve God working in you. And you know what? <laughs> You're right. But Jesus, because of Jesus, God works in us. This is why we need Jesus. Have you ever felt like God is just done with you? God, why aren't you answering my prayers? God, why isn't this working out the way I thought it was going to work out? Have you ever felt like God has given up on you? I'll say it again. If you're still breathing, God isn't finished working in and through you. He's not. He's not done with you. You're here today. You're, you're watching online. You're listening to this on, on a podcast later. And I want to tell you this. This message right now is not a coincidence. You're hearing these words right now because I believe that God wants you to hear him say to you right now, like Holy Spirit speaking into the very core of who you are, that he wants you to hear him say, I'm not done with you, my child. I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. So the reason that we can have the best year ever is first and foremost is God has given us the definition of best. Let's throw away ours, okay? And the second reason that this could be the best year ever, the very best news, folks, is that God is not done with us. And here's the third reason that I believe that this could be the best year ever. And it's simply that God wants the best for you. God wants the best for you. He is such a good father to us. All that he has is for our good. And he says this in Jeremiah chapter 32, beginning in verse 38 uh, through 41. He says this. He's speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, and he says this. They will be my people. He's claimed us. They will be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart and one purpose. And this is the purpose, to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. God is claiming us as his people. And then he says this, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. This is not just a half-hearted promise. This is a, a ever, a, an everlasting covenant with the God of this universe. I will never stop doing good for them, God's word says. God wants the best for you. He says, I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. And then verse 41, he says, I will find joy doing good for them. And will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. God wants the best for you. 
And I have to say this because when I was I was writing this message several weeks ago, and 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 I was I was writing this out and looking at this passage in particular, and and I I wrote some words and it hurt me to write them because it, it just it revealed something about myself and and how I function and how I think, and and I wrote this: We all need to recognize that it's all about receiving what God has already done and not about getting God to do something he has yet to do. You with me? For a lot of us, we're going, okay, God, you want the best for me? Well, here's what I need. God, you, oh, oh, you want, I can have the best year ever because of you, God? Okay, here's what I want. Here's what my plans are. Here's the direction I'm going in. God, pour your best on that. Oh, I'm thankful for those passages that I heard this morning. Do it, do it, do it. Folks, I'm not saying that that's not possible. But first and foremost, we've got to remember what God has already done for us. You want the best year ever? Let's start thanking God for Jesus. Let's start thanking God for the Holy Spirit that, that works in us and inspires us, that illuminates Scripture. Let's thank God for Scripture. Let's thank God for the people around us he has surrounded us with that encourage us and pray for us. Let's start thanking God for the things he's already done before we give him a laundry list of what we want him to do. This could be the best year ever. God has made a covenant with us. What are those promises? What are all these promises that God has made? Read scripture. Discover these promises. Discover what he has given to us. Because see what for many of us we've done, and, and it's true for me as well, is we have settled. We have settled. We have settled for less than God's best, and we know it. Like we know we've settled for less than God's best, but we're still going along. Like I kind of got a little bit of a definition of God's best and I got a little bit of mine thrown in here and then I'm just letting all the circumstances out there in the world kind of throw in too. And that's how we're functioning. That's not God's best. We've settled for less. And so what I would say to all this that I'm talking about today and even in the series, folks, is that having the best year ever is just as much a challenge as it is a promise from God. This is just as much a challenge to you and to me as it is a promise from God. Because having the best year ever, what it does now is it requires a willingness for our will. <laughs> so this is a, a, a decision we've got to make, Right? It's, it's a willingness for our will to actually start to be conformed to the will of God. That's a challenge, right? That's a challenge. But having the best year ever means that it's going to mean having our minds and our hearts set on things that are lovely and true. That's, that's what it means. It means that having the best year ever, it, it means looking inward and examining our heart, examining our motives, examining our relationships and how, how we are functioning on a day-to-day -day basis. Having the best year ever means, it means surrender. Having the best year ever means confession. Having the best year ever, this is, this is the one word and it, it gets us every time. Having the best year ever, folks, it means change what needs to change in your life what needs to be different 
what needs to be realigned to the will of God how have you been conforming to the pattern of this world and you know deep down inside of who you are this is not God's will this is not God's best seeking to have the best year ever it could be the greatest challenge of your life but it could also be the very very best year of your life He gives us the definition for best. So thankful for that. He is not done with you and with me. And he wants the very best for us. Are we up to this challenge? Let's pray together. Father, we find ourselves here this morning and... and <laughs> whew. We come to you and we, whether we feel like super excited at this moment, like we just got the best pep talk we ever could have, like half halftime locker room, you know, and now we're ready to go. Or, or maybe, maybe we feel like um, on top of not feeling like we're having the very best year ever, we are also like... Um, goodness like almost as if we crawled in here this morning like just showing up was the best we have God it really doesn't matter how we come to you what what matters most is that as we look at your word and as I believe you as your Holy Spirit not not me not the person speaking but as your Holy Spirit works in us and 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 maybe brings conviction or encouragement or or just that little nudge that we need it that as that happens whether we feel like we're crawling to you right now or we're running to you full blast it doesn't matter you desire for us to come to you but i would i would say for all of us in here that we need to wave the white flag of surrender we need, to, we need to confess to you that we have, we have taken on our own definition of best. And for many of us, we've ignored your definition of best. Knowingly. So God, I pray that we would just come to you now with a, with a heart of, of openness to you. Asking you to, well first of all, for us to just say sorry. I'm just so sorry. And then, and then we would say, God, your word, these promises, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can live up to these. And, and he says, oh, no, I know you can't. That's why I gave you Jesus. That's why I've given Jesus for you. That's why he's paid the price. That's why he's bridged the gap. That's why he's made it possible. So God, as we cry out to you, I pray that we would grab the hand of Jesus. As we cry out to you and call you Father, that we would grab the hand of Jesus. 
And then as we do that, we would say, Holy Spirit of God, would you work in me? Would you illuminate scripture? Would you make it clear? Would you continue to show me? Would you give me a hunger for your word? Would you give me a desire for prayer? Would you give me a greater desire for worship? God, would you make the things that are not of you, the things that I've been conforming to in this world, God, would you would it have a bitter taste in my mouth? Would it not be, would, would, I, would I know it? Would I have a disgust for it? Would I only crave what is you? What is, what is good, what is pleasing, and what is perfect. So that we can have the very best year ever, not for our sake, but for the sake of your kingdom. So that others might know, so that generations might know that you are our God and you're not done with us. We pray all this in the mighty, wonderful name of the one who's forgiven our sins. And Lord, as we come to you now in a time of worship, that our voices lifted high would be our confession, our hope, our praise. And as we return to you our gifts and offerings, that you would use them in a way that we could impact this community so that others may know you through Jesus Christ.